0: Have you ever wanted an instruction manual
1: for your life? Something that went over the stuff that isn't always obvious?
0: Or even some of the stuff that is?
1: My name is Sarah Ramsey. I'm a singer, voice, performance, and growth coach. And I've spent a lifetime open to the lessons behind our experiences and seeking out pathways to becoming more enlightened, better humans. And I'm Dr. Stefan Rabnett. I've been a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine for over
0: 20 years, and I'm also a Jay Shetty certified life coach. I've long been fascinated with our human superpowers, the ones we don't quite have the instruction manual for, and I'm forever curious about
1: how we can unlock them. Welcome to This Big Life Podcast, where we have deeper conversations about the nature of existence, our place in it, and how we can leverage these things to create the life we want. Basically, we're bringing the woo-woo to
0: you, you. But don't worry, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Everybody, thanks again for joining us today on this Big Life podcast. Today's episode we have part 2 of the eight branches or limbs of Chinese medicine. Last episode we did the first four branches, which were meditation, exercise, diet, and feng shui. Today, we're going to go into branches 5 through 8. And they are astrology, bodywork, acupuncture, and herbology. And we'll talk all about that. So I'm excited. And um, Sarah and I were just actually talking before we came on here. And we were talking about (laughs) the wonderful gifts of getting older physically. And the little bits and aches and pains and little things that come up now and they didn't. And then we were just like, hmm, if only there were an eight-step blueprint for health. And lo and behold, look what we've got. Look what we got.
1: All right, Sarah. So any thoughts before excited we dive in? Because uh I mean now we're starting to get into my woo, right? This 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 stuff is yeah, this is meeting the woo. This is where the woo meets the road. The woo meets the road. <laughs> the woo meets the road. <laughs> the meets the I'm road. excited because yes. Thank you. It's a very good intersection, intersection right there. I see what yeah. you did there. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? There we
0: go. Okay. So let's dive into this. So number five is astrology or cosmology. And this obviously is a massive topic, right? Like this is an absolutely massive topic on so many levels. Astrology is very big in lots of cultures. And sometimes we make it significant. Sometimes we don't. That's a whole other uh, avenue we can kind of go down. But in the context of the eight branches of Chinese medicine or the eight branches of health, astrology was looked at, at they also called it cosmology. And basically that incorporated all aspects of rhythms that happen out there versus the rhythms that happen internally within us obviously they're related but they're looking at the rhythms of outside as a way to kind of harness the health of what happens on the inside similar to other stuff that we mentioned with respect to feng shui so astrology um you know we hear about you know there's Mm -hmm. there's our zodiac signs and in um um In Chinese culture, there is also like the, you know, we talk about like, uh, I'm a water buffalo, Uh and there's different aspects in terms of the year you were born and that type of stuff. And it's all kind of relevant. And again, it's it it imprints things. And um, just as an aside, one way I have always looked at astrology is it's kind of like the weather in the sense that it's helpful to know if there's a chance of rain, but ultimately... Whether or not it's raining or not, you still have a say in terms mm-hmm. of how your day unfolds. It's helpful informational information, but it doesn't have to be defining information. So getting back to the eight limbs aspect, what they really looked at, especially is they looked at with respect to seasons, first of all. So within a year, the different seasons that would happen and the different natural momentums that were available. So from a you know very kind of You know, basic example that we're used to is something like farming, right, where basically they're looking at, okay, well, in this season, you know, the crops, this is where we plant them. This is where they grow. This is when they pick them. And they basically would recognize those types of patterns to, you know, get the best yield possible for their crops um, and have different aspects of sustenance as well. Um, But it also incorporated kind of bigger rhythms, too. And that's where, um, you know, it kind of bridges into that aspect of astrology a little bit and how every year kind of goes into a different symbolic animal, also different elements, again, incorporating different aspects of themes. And there's, um, again, I think, you know, my, my own personal opinion is this type of stuff is what you would want to put into it in the sense that, you could, you know, just like with our contemporary, you know, astrology, I don't know how contemporary, I don't really know the history actually of our Zodiac, but <laughs> I'm going to spout off like I do here. I okay? um, is, you know, you can get into detailed analysis of uh, planetary mm-hmm, houses, mm-hmm. you know, rising signs, the day, how that all intersects. And if you do that and it resonates with you, then it can contribute to your life. But obviously you can take what you want from it little bits. You can read your just horoscope daily, whatever contributes to you. I think that that's totally okay. There is no right. There is no wrong. There is no, um, yeah. Well, that's the theme here. There's no judgment. So whatever, whatever you would like to do. Um, but I think from the context in terms of how it can help with health is looking at the rhythms in terms of, um, if nothing else, the seasons, I think is a start because I know I've personally felt this and I know a lot of kind of patients have too, is sometimes they'll be like, well, yeah, I don't know. Like every spring I kind of feel agitated or in the fall, like it gets, I always Uh go through a funk uh in the end of October, you know, or, or whatever the case is, is kind of recognizing those rhythms. That all fits into this category here of astrology and cosmology, basically the rhythms that kind of happen on a big picture and recognizing them and being aware of them, we can kind of harness them and leverage them to contribute to our life.
1: I have sort of paid attention to astrology with a grain of salt for as long as I can remember. So I've always taken very much in the context of sort of how you are, are, uh, laying it out where I have an awareness of things, but that is not going to be the singular tool that I use to make massive life decisions. How about that? So, you know, I, I I yeah. do like sort of having an idea of what's happening um, planetarily for me. And mostly what I take away from it is, uh, where where I can look for positive things to be happening, I take it much more in that context than, uh oh, look out, the big bad boogeyman is coming from, you know, that planet over there, whatever. It's, I don't, um, I guess that's my personal one is I don't look at a lot of the. Big scary st- I don't take it in that context. I, I really use it as a tool to look at where I can see positives and where I can look for growth. And my my big year of searching last year actually involved a lot of astrology. Um I subscribed to uh Spirit Daughter is the it's I think it's the website is spiritdaughter.com. And I got every so once a month, I would get a uh in my email, um, a booklet one for the new moon and one for the full moon. And it would have prompt, I mean, it was it was actually quite an extensive little booklet. She went through uh all the astrology, um, for that time period, you know, for that moon, um, and it's all lunar based, um, and then. You know, some meditation, some yoga, some crystals, some how to set an altar. Some pieces of that I took, some pieces of that I would skim over. The thing that I found the most useful is it had prompted journaling questions based on the astrology of that time period. And that's what I found incredibly useful. And I did it for months and months, actually, Um, because it was just a way to really take those pieces and apply it for me yeah
0: yeah and that's helpful and i think again because we all it it is you know astrology is one of those unique things too it's individual but it's also collective in the sense that we're all experiencing the same some types of alignments out there but our own relationship to them is different based on you know different alignments and stuff Mm -hmm. when i came in or we came in (laughs) this is all about me the um the and it is it's like you know another way to say it is i think just what you just said is like you know Uh which way is the wind blowing and you can use that to kind of harness whether or not you're going inside and reflecting on something specific that's related like to a nudge of a theme and it'll be a little bit easier potentially if it kind of coincides with the rhythms that are happening outside right because again that's just the basics of flow so you know spring which we're Coming into now is a time of growth, you know, and so it's a time when, you know, you can just see it outside in nature, but it's also a great time to kind of plan or write down, say, goals or goals for growth or something that you can Mm -hmm. kind of say, like, okay, this is how I want to move ahead. Whereas the time we just came from, from winter, is a very deep internal yin kind of contemplative time. That's basically where we kind of just sit and reflect, right? And that's going to have an aspect of reflection with respect to that. So those, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't plan in the winter and you can't reflect and kind of sit still in the spring not at all but there's a natural rhythm there that's available to us if we want to tap into it and i think that that is um Mm -hmm. it's helpful you know because again it's it all these kind of i think the theme that we're wanting to do with this podcast and overall Mm -hmm. is setting yourself up for success so you know, if you have a slight awareness of the natural rhythms, you just kind of increase your probabilities yeah. of success. However, that looks for you. And um, but I like that exercise that you just mentioned of kind of prompting, prompting with with yeah. writing based on other stuff that's happening. Um, one other thing that just kind of popped in that I just want to get down, and we'll put it in the show notes, is is again. I, I think again, if you if you're coming from stuff in a curiosity or if it's fun. It can be a contribution to you. If it's a weight, a heaviness, a significance. And as you said, yeah. like planet boogeyman from, you know, maybe that's the ninth or 10th planet, whatever <laughs> you're talking about. Um, that, that's kind of a different story. But it is sometimes fun to reverse engineer in mm-hmm. terms of certain things we're drawn to. And there's one website. Mm-hmm. It's astro.com. And you can put in, you know, your little, your parameters, your birth date and stuff. And I'm sure a lot of listeners have already done this. Um, but one aspect that it has is got Astro Click Travel and it's totally free. So it's really cool because you can, you know, you can be like, well, I've always wanted to go to Australia. I wonder why. Right. And then you can go look, click on a map of Australia and then it'll coordinate kind of your own chart with respect to, um, the planetary location so it has again different influences Hmm. every place on the planet that's related and um so it is kind of fun when you're just like okay well i don't know why but i'm drawn here you know whether or not it's a trip or even if you're like oh my gosh there's like big life changes maybe you know i got offered a job in toronto or i'm going to school Uh you know Uh in florida or wherever it is then you can kind of look to see what nudges are kind of there for you Again, it's kind of one of those things you get to choose how much weight you put on it. Um, but sometimes it's fun, especially because, again, you start to look at how you react yeah. to the information that you get, right? Like, so it's that whole thing as they say, well, you know, if you flip a coin heads or tails, it's not about what you get. Mm-hmm. It's about how you feel when it's in the air, right? So it's it can be similar in the sense of you're just kind of, if you're humming and hawing and being like, okay, well, should I go there? I don't know. You know, you get a little bit more data and see what the influence is. And sometimes you'll kind of feel like, oh, it's like confirming or oh, I don't know. I'm gonna kinda of take a I step back. i never and gather known about that feature. So I just wanted to mention that. I like astro- I've spent
1: yeah, I've spent some time on that oh, side. I've done my it's natal fun. chart and I've done my you know, I've looked at my houses and my you know, like a lot of the more basic stuff. I never knew that piece of it. What is it called? Ast- astro travel? Well
0: yeah well it's just astro.com and then it's astro click travel i think you just go under the free you go under the free horoscopes and it's available there and um again it's fun right and it's kind of a neat kind of way of uh, anyways that's how i've used it. it is just kind of been like yeah i've always been drawn Mm -hmm. to africa Mm -hmm. or this place or something and how is it for me or even just going like old like kind of sacred historical sites right and how what the charge is for you there like it's You can, you can go down a few rabbit holes and waste a lot of time. (laughs) You can, but it can also be, it can, it also, it's can be a little enlightening in terms of some of the influences behind it. So, um, so yeah, so that's an aspect of astrology and cosmology. And I think again, just to, um, it's really about recognizing the rhythms that are bigger than us as the individual and how we can leverage them to get the life we want. That is everything that's encompassed in this particular branch. And again, it's cool because we get to say how much we want to take from it. But it is available. And again, from the very simple, like to the seasons, to uh, the more intricate in terms of the Mm -hmm, precision mm -hmm. of the equinoxes, or however kind of far out you want to get there, get there. You know, but it's about the rhythms and the bigger picture and how they influence us. And again, it's interesting because these eight branches, as I mentioned last episode, are weighted; they're ranked to a certain degree in terms of the things that are helpful for us. So this is Mm -hmm. ahead of the last three that we're going to do, which is bodywork, acupuncture, and herbs. So, um, and I so I find that interesting because obviously historically this culture was able to recognize the potency in harnessing the rhythms outside of them. And um, again, whether or not it's just seasonal or farming or something, or bigger picture in terms of what aspects are more fortuitous, yeah, um,
1: it's a cool area. So we'll provide some links and that for you guys can it's worth, explore that too. I will say that I have a couple of times in my life, I've only done it two or three times, but um, it's quite interesting to go and have your chart done by a professional astrologer. Again, take take and leave what feels good yeah. to you in terms of the significance of it, but it's pretty interesting because they see the all of it in a a way that uh, you don't when you just look up your chart yourself. They they put together different pieces. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's true. And I think sometimes the value of that and again, I totally don't know what i'm saying right now but at the same juncture i think you know the i'm going to say it anyways it's like if you go i i think somebody that you know um uh is an astrologer or has the capacity they also are good at kind of reading stuff and then using the language of astrology to kind of articulate it i guess mm. that you can say so you're going to somebody that also um you know is astrology is just a tool for them but they're all oh, of what you're getting from them is more than just the astrology, even though that's kind of the main tool that they're using. Um, so yeah, that's why something like that has value is because you that person is, is gaining insight on a lot of different levels and then putting it through astrology to kind of articulate it, I think. So cool. Okay. Astrology, cosmology, uh, number five, body number work. six is bodywork. So body work is kind of a, yeah, a general term like it was tuina massage basically kind of physical needing like um,
1: <laughs> thanks well, for the clarity it's body work.
0: it's basically <laughs> you're yeah there you go um, You you kind of basically what changes with the last three here mm-hmm. is you're kind of getting outside intervention to help stuff it's almost like with these first you know with the first five you're you're maximizing your health. You're setting yourself up for success. You're being preventative. You're doing like kind of ma- you're making that machine like as as potent as possible. The last three are kind of a little bit more when things start to kind of nudge a different way. Now body work and with all these too, you don't have something doesn't have mm-hmm. to be wrong to do these things. Quite the contrary, but that's what it started. To kind of slowly starts to kind of shift with. So, um. And, it, and body work is very, very important. And as one, I think in our culture too, sometimes we label a luxury when it doesn't have to be because it's not necessarily integrated into the same system and medical model that we're used to in terms of, well, yeah. you know, if it's not covered, then it's got to be a luxury and somehow, but it yeah. is so important for health to get worked on.
1: You're going to oh. get at every
0: aspect and you can, <laughs> you know, attest preach. to that. And, um, you know, in terms of positive nudgers, like getting body worked out, it, it's, it's incredible. And again, what's cool now is there's so many different practitioners available. You know, you can go see a registered massage therapist. You can go see cranial sacral. You can go see an osteopath. You can go see a chiropractor. Like all these things, kind of fall into that aspect of kind of physically uh-huh. moving information in your body, kind of physically sensing, and then also moving. Um, From the perspective
1: in your body. of of Chinese medicine and yeah, the the eight ahead. branches, so does this include like body work? Does that include things like Reiki and uh, energy work and things like that, or is it uh, is it more things that like physically hands-on manipulate things in your body
0: well i don't know exactly where the kind of cutoff would be but qigong and they have qigong practitioners right so basically and that is more of an energetic um, type of information where it's information without form that's Mm -hmm. being kind of transferred or facilitated from one individual to another so i think that that a lot of that would go in this category as well um you know, it overlaps a little bit potentially into acupuncture too, but yeah, like this is where you're kind of getting work done and, you know, it can be physical touch or energetic influence. You know, the people can use instruments and tools, um, or they can, um, you know, just use their body or kind of use energy in some capacity. But, um, but yeah, so I think they're, uh, there was a type of Qigong healing that I think would have kind of been similar to Reiki and that type of energetic kind of treatment. So definitely that was used because it was valuable.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I would not be where I am today in this world, in my health journey, if it were not for the uh, participation of some really fantastic body workers, because like I physio and massage and, um well and acupuncture but that has its own category um but some of those things i like i i do physio twice a week i do massage once a week i do now that's because i got some some really specific stuff going on maybe that i'm at at, at that level of use <laughs> but i it allows me to be in my body uh Instead of fighting with my body. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, even as she's saying that, it's like, it, it's like the body works kind of yeah. physically makes room yeah. for you in you. You know, like it makes room for yourself to kind of, you know, to integrate and be in and part of your body. And I think that's mm-hmm. why sometimes it's also uncomfortable, right? Like sometimes it, it feels great and, you know, there's an aspect of it, but there can be releases facilitated. Right? I'm is here stuff to tell you my appointments. Around? That so, is not
1: a feel good moment, <laughs> but it, I recognize the value of it. Not much of it feels good though.
0: <laughs> it, uh, uh-huh. you can, uh-huh. people can get vocal in treatments and, you know, again, that, that's a good thing because you you're moving stuff to make room for stuff. And that is, I think a lot of that aspect of the body work with respect to that is you just, you're getting assistance to move your stuff, right? You're moving it and to varying degrees, we experience it as we let it go. I'm not necessarily of the opinion that it's a quote, unquote, you have to relive something to let it go, but it can happen and that's okay. Right. And that's where a trust in your kind of the, um, the process and the trust in your own body kind of is really helpful because it can um, no
1: i have to laugh
0: yeah it's not always you said people can get very really vocal makes in their, their
1: um, appointments yesterday i was on the massage table and my massage therapist he said to me i think you would have made a good uh you know like the person that calls the vikings to war <laughs> I guess it is. That's oddly specific. <laughs> I, I think I was grunting and groaning a little bit as he was working on my IT band, and it was very uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I guess that um,
1: <laughs> kind of tells the Viking state Warrior. of, yeah, some things happening there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Viking Warrior, yeah, some some gusto yeah. there, but that's good, yeah. right? If you can get into it and release it, that's good. Um. Okay, we're going to move on. Um, now we're getting, we got acupuncture. So acupuncture, um, you know, again, there's an overlap with body work in the sense of even with body work, you know, traditionally they're using this aspect of meridians, you know? And so what, what is a meridian? A meridian is, is basically a line of information that kind of goes through our body. Um, it's basically, um, you know, an area of potential, of um, a capacity to do something, right? And that's kind of the definition of energy generally with physics is like a capacity to do something. So we have these different kind of lines of capacities to do things within our body and they're related to different themes and kind of alluded to some of the themes before in the previous one in terms of the five elements, different organs. They all have different kind of themes and responsibilities, these kind of lines of information. And with acupuncture, kind of what we're doing is you're stimulating an area of influence on that line of influence, Mm -hmm. so an acupuncture point on an acupuncture meridian, and you're facilitating that flow of information. And as that information starts to flow as it should, well, then magical things can happen. You can uh, even be a call the Vikings (laughs) to battle. You know, anything's possible there. And so you can use... Um, you know, you can use a needle, uh-huh. right? It's traditionally a little stainless steel pin to affect the flow of, the flow of information. Um, you can use a really strong magnet or I've started some places you cool. can use laser and that's really, really cool too. Because all these acupuncture points are all areas that are more electrically conductive on the skin. Like they sell these little acupuncture point finders, and all they do is they test electrical resistance. So these classical acupuncture points, whether or not it's on your hand or your leg or you know your abdomen, all, all areas that are more mm-hmm. electrically conductive. And as we know, nature doesn't really throw stuff in just for you know yeah. Yeah. shits and giggles. Pardon my language there, but basically, there's always going to be a function to that. So the acupuncture network makes use of these spots on our skin as a way to kind of influence the flow of information. And, um, you know, there's hundreds of points on the body. There's 12 uh, main meridians, and then there's eight what they call extraordinary vessels that kind of borrow points from other things. But without getting into it, there's lots of different kind of densities of meridians as well there's core deep ones that kind of relate to our dna and there's the more superficial ones that kind of deal with our day-to-day functioning and when you go see an acupuncturist basically what they're doing is they're figuring out like they'll ask you a bunch of questions they'll look at you and then they'll kind of figure out what little points Mm -hmm. best restore kind of harmonious flow of information within the body and as if the, as that information gets restored, then the body can do cool stuff. So that's the general idea with respect to acupuncture. And as I mentioned it, it, you know, I think I get a lot of people kind of coming in and they're like, well, I, you know, I don't know. I didn't have anything really wrong, but someone told me to come as again, we, we kind of have this mentality a little bit in our culture and it's understandable for a few reasons, but that something has to be wrong in order for us to go seek help. Right. To do something about it, as opposed to just kind of preventatively help something, kind of um, set yourself up for success. So, I do have people that kind of come in once a season. Mm -hmm. I'll see them Mm -hmm. four times a year and they'll just come in. We're like, okay, it's time, right? And just a little tune up, you kind of get a sense in terms of um, taking their pulse, looking at their tongue, like, okay, we're going to do these points. And you just kind of allow that flow of information to happen that is the best Mm -hmm. use for them in that moment. And then positive stuff happens.
1: Yeah. I, I, um, well, it's funny because I've got two very close friends, you being one of them, and, uh, my other friend, Courtney, who you also know, both acupuncturists, but both of you live not quite close enough for me to actually see as a patient. So I have a different acupuncturist that I see, um, as a patient. And it's been, an interesting process. And so my question about acupuncture is because I've been the patient and I'm really open and receptive to, to stuff, you know, so if, if, if I trust the practitioner and that is first and foremost, because I've also been on the table with a practitioner I did not trust and it was quite useless um in terms of like my time and and whatever that that relationship didn't work because i was quite shut off to it um but with a practitioner that i trust i'm very open to like okay i trust you you're the expert you do what feel what you need to do and i'm going to lie here and trust that you know what you're doing um but different practitioners that i have seen at different times they definitely do approach it differently so can you talk just i i know we don't have time to do a really deep dive but briefly about the the way that acupuncture really does differ from itself with different like there's the i don't know i've had i don't have the terminology to even ask the question
0: well no you did and i think that's well like every practitioner is different right and i think that goes with all modalities but it can be accentuated with respect to acupuncture just in the sense of just okay they have different techniques different styles and that translates to acupuncture as well we're generally using the same points although there's some variations with a few points depending on the school of thought um but the reasons why we use them that can differ one of the reasons why i want i got into acupuncture like it was the late 90s and i was considering kind of what i wanted to do and there's so many different styles of acupuncture mm-hmm. that for me, I knew I'd never be bored. So there is a traditional Chinese style, which ironically was more of a modern style because that what came out of China. But Mao Zedong in the 50s got rid of everything that was perceived as backwards, including acupuncture. Mm. And then he realized, whoa, I got a lot of people I got to take care of. So they brought back parts of it. So some of the real classical, old school kind of acupuncture mm-hmm. stuff has actually survived outside of China. So there is a Japanese style, there's a European style, there's more of an emotional five element based style, Mm -hmm. and there's a real sports medicine style. And they're all valid, right? And again, it's just like you can, you can describe, you know, a computer in lots of different languages, and they're all right, right? They're all kind of true to kind of their origins in, in terms of stuff. So acupuncture is kind of the same. So That's the first broad stuff. And so over the years, each practitioner is going to kind of tend towards Mm -hmm. that dialect that works for them. So personally, I like kind of this opposite end spectrum. I love the sports medicine. I love um, working with athletes. And I also love Mm -hmm. that big picture thematic aspect in terms of how our body stores its experiences. So, but I know every practitioner is a little bit different. But having said that, even within the same dialect, so to speak, you can kind of have you can go see two practitioners mm-hmm. that quote unquote stay will do a five element style or you know a different style, and you'll get totally different treatments. And none of them are wrong because again, there's so many different ways that you can access the flow of information in the body, and um, part of um, Part of like the job of the acupuncturist or the practitioners mm-hmm. to recognize what's present in that moment, using their skills of observation, which is also mm-hmm. influenced with their history as a practitioner. So that's why you might go to someone for headaches, you know, and you get points on your hands and feet and head, you know, and then you can go to a different practitioner a week later for headaches. You know, it's very similar, um, mm-hmm. and you can get points in completely different spots. And they both, and they mm-hmm. both treatments can be a contribution to you. So there's no wrongness because what it does start to teeter into a little bit, mm-hmm. um, is intent. So, and I think one of the reasons why for, for me, like, I like explaining somewhat what I'm doing to patients in the sense of, um, cause if they have a general idea, it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt the treatment, right? Like if they have an aspect in terms of even thematically, if you're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of what the liver does, and we're trying to kind of do a little bit of this, then it helps them kind of receive the treatment. So that's part of there's an intent aspect. So even if you're not vocalizing that, as a practitioner, Uh if you're picturing Uh kind of the flow of information, and you're mindful and aware when you're doing the needles, then that's going to be a positive contribution to the treatment. And that's going to vary on pract- by practitioner to practitioner in terms of what they're kind of used to paying attention to, right? We all have our filters. We all have our stuff. And uh, being a practitioner is no different. So my experiences are also going to mm-hmm. influence, say, what I see in you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, just, that's the same for everybody. But that will um, kind of set the stage for a unique treatment. And again, what's nice is with acupuncture, it's a very self-regulating kind of process in the sense of the points, you know, are kind of um, focused on restoring harmony. So you can do that in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. and it can all be successful.
1: And can you briefly uh, just speak to? And it, it it can be brief, but well, <laughs> I don't know. It's you and me. Can it be brief? But <clears throat> the intent is that it can be brief. Something that I see people. In our Western culture, not understand the difference often when they're coming, especially when they're coming from a very like Western perspective, uh, not understanding that there is a difference between IMS treatment and acupuncture because they both take place with acupuncture needles, but uh, they are not in, they are not the same thing. So do you want to just clarify that briefly?
0: Yeah, I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm a fan of IMS. Like I, I think, you know, again, there's, um, it depends on kind of, it is speaking to aspects of intent. You know, IMS is intramuscular stimulation yeah. is generally kind of what physios kind of call like dry needling or using a needle, a needle to facilitate a release of a trigger point, a muscle band, um, kind of resetting a muscle. And that's incredibly helpful and that's awesome. You know, acupuncture, we do kind of similar things as well, Um, you know, slightly different technique, but the same general idea in terms of targeting musculoskeletal kind of specificities in terms of like muscles or the trap or something. Um, So classically, acupuncture is also going to incorporate a bit more of a global Mm -hmm. integration of information. So even if I'm treating an athlete and kind of firing off all the rotator cuff muscles in the shoulder and kind of stimming it and doing like a real physical treatment there, I'm also personally going to always do some distal points that either relate to the shoulder. So there's different points say by like the hip or the knee or the foot that kind of relate to the shoulder or something that kind of relates to that thematic aspect <laughs> of well, right? Like You know, for some people, shoulders represent burdens, right? So there's points that thematically kind of help with that aspect of a burden. Mm -hmm. That doesn't fit for everybody. Sometimes you just want to do musculoskeletal, but you're approaching it from a more global perspective and doing something else on a a part of the body that isn't just the shoulder. Um, And again, because classically, one of the things I really like about acupuncture is it's looking at the relationship between things and not just the things themselves, So that goes physically as well. So whether or not, you know, you're addressing some aspects of the hip to deal with the shoulder or the jaw with the shoulder, there's lots of different kind of reasons. Mm -hmm. Now, IMS might do that too, like, because from a physical aspect, they might do your shoulder might do some stuff, you know, with your lats that lead to your lower back and, you know, and what have you. Um, But usually acupuncture is going to incorporate kind Mm -hmm. of a real meridian aspect of stuff. They're looking at the idea that there are these spots that can, um, be inputs into the system, and yeah. they're not directly related to a muscle or a kind of a physical tissue in a right kind of a general location. Yeah, but
1: I think that that's that's a good piece of clarity for people who may not have had an introduction to acupuncture, but may have had an introduction to IMS. And uh, I just come across a, a number of people because I I get both yeah. uh, f- for quite different, you know like you say, like it comes at it differently. Um, But I come across a lot of people who don't understand that there is a difference between the two.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) And it's like anything, we can have an experience with something and then we can kind of be like, well, that Mm -hmm. didn't work. Or that was that, or that was painful. Right. With IMS, sometimes people are like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that was painful. I didn't like, Oh, I didn't you know. Um, But there's so many, you know, just there's different styles. There's so many different like practitioners. And that's why I think it's not, you know finding a practitioner is is kind of more important than mm-hmm. finding the tools that they use in the sense right i mean the tools lead us there in the sense oh i want to go someone recommended i see an acupuncture someone recommended i see a physio someone recommended i see a chiropractor so it can get you there but there's infinite types of yeah. practitioners yeah. within each modality and kind of finding a practitioner that you resonate with is the key and then whatever tools they use yep. is just the tools they use to kind of help because that can that can always be the case so i guess if anything i just i encourage people you know if, if you've had you know whatever modality if you had something that didn't kind of totally work for you be, being open to kind of try again mm-hmm. always honoring your body at the same time however that looks for you right not forcing it but also reminding yourself that it's more about the practitioner yeah. than it is about just yeah. the modality well that yeah so, okay, let's move on to number ba, ba, ba. eight, herbology. So herbs. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. So herbs, this is, um, it's at the end, I think, pos- even though they're ranked, herbs in, in throughout history have generally been viewed as the most potent. It's like, mm. whoa, we need a course correction. We need to do stuff. So Herbs basically for viruses, um, kind of intense kind of sicknesses, that type of thing were generally used. Uh-huh. And quite honestly, pretty effectively, I got to say, like, even I think um, one area that kind of a Chinese herbology has been effective, relatively speaking, is with viruses, right? Like with, with our Western uh-huh. system, you know, we nailed the antibiotic aspect <laughs> of it somewhat serendipitously in terms of <laughs> Whoa, look at that mold <laughs> killing that bacteria. And, but anyways, so we're very good at that with kind of our Western system uh, in terms of with respect to bacteria and bacterial infections. But we've kind of with respect to antiviral stuff um, and even mm-hmm. aspects of strengthening the immune system to help the body fight off kind of a virus and stuff. Um, that's mm-hmm. where stuff like herbs can be very, very helpful. And, you know, again, I'm not, it's any serious something go yeah. see your doctor, right? Like you go see, you know, someone you want to get as much information as you possibly can. Um, but I think it's important not to discount what you, once you have information is reminding yourself that there's options available to you. And I never look at herbs is an either or proposition it's not like oh you're going that route then you can't do herbs or you're doing herbs you can't do the conventional route not at all absolutely not right it is basically um allowing each strength to play to their strengths and so um and herbs can be very 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 powerful and very effective so the other thing that i would say though with respect to herbs, on that note, because they can be so powerful, is you do it is one of those things that it is helpful right. to get a little bit of assistance with, right? So, um, you know, for herbs in Chinese medicine, you know, there's in BC, anyways, you know, there's there's accreditation. You have to have like a certain license to yeah. be able to use herbs because you're dealing with potent stuff, right? Like you, you're you're, and that's the thing with respect to um, any sort of medicinal aspect. It's not a uh, flippant, oh, just take you know, kind of forever. It's kind of really respecting the power of what you're taking, and it's often, well, it's always helpful to get um, uh, help yeah. with someone that is very well versed in that. And thankfully, now there are categories in terms of okay, you know, you're licensed to do that. You can go you can go see that person. Now, that's not to say now that all the herbs used, or if you're like intensely sick, or you're trying to deal with something you know that's life threatening. It can be very, very helpful. I find herbs are incredibly helpful for, um, in my personal experience, they're yeah. very, very helpful for stuff like migraines and headaches, helpful for sleep, and mm-hmm. very helpful for gynecological aspect stuff. So, regulating menstruation, um, if people get you know mood changes leading up to their period, that type of thing, like it's something that can be nudged very effectively with respect to herbal medicine um and you know again the nice thing about these herbs is that they are powerful and you want to kind of respect them um but they're just nudgers at the same time they're designed a little bit differently in the sense that usually you're taking formulas so you're taking different herbs that kind of help each other but also balance each other as opposed to kind of isolating like a chemical compound from that multiplying that as the active ingredient and then you know
1: Which is more of the pharmacological approach, yeah?
0: Yeah, because again, a lot of a lot of kind of pharmacological aspects of yeah, yeah, find their origin in nature, right? Because they're like, whoa, yeah, that kind of does that. We can isolate that and kind of amp that up, and again, that has a spot and that has a space, but it can be for a very narrow kind of window of something. So these aspects of these herbal formulas that kind of help balance are it's helpful because it mitigates certain side effects, even though you know again they're very powerful. but what I think sometimes it can be challenging for our culture is we're used to that immediate, right. I take this, I feel that five minutes later, right? And we, we, we crave that. And especially if we're unwell or we feel Relief. uncomfortable, we want to have yeah. the cessation of that discomfort. But with the herbs, you're kind of building something up and you're helping the body kind of mm-hmm. um, recognize its own rhythm. So to do so, sometimes it takes, it's more subtle. But it can be um, a very powerful nudge all at the same time. So um, that's what I think the take on herbs. And again, there's so much like, you know, Chinese medicinal herbs are just one branch of herbs. Like there's, you know, Western herbs. There's, you know, the how using nature as a course correction is something right. c- cultures all around the world have always done because it's been available to us. And it's knowledge that is passed on because obviously it's like, wow, you know, eat that plant, feel great, Yeah, eat that plant, know the difference, right? So you've got to (laughs) kind of know that information. Absolutely, right? So there's um, all sorts of cultures kind of, I think every culture Mm -hmm. has like kind of pharmacopoeia of that aspect of it. So in that essence, Chinese medicine is no different than that. It's just what um, is... Their database is very, very expansive. So there's hundreds of herbs used for very kind of in different categories for um, different influences. And thankfully, they've also been studied quite extensively Mm -hmm. from a Western pharmacological perspective, just in terms of the different effects that they have. So, yeah, I find it's a very – it's a helpful area. Now, one area that it has shifted is – Traditionally, I don't know if you've ever kind of seen a practitioner. They give you like a bag of herbs. You get this little bag of herbs, and you go home and you boil it, and then you strain it, and you drink it, and you do it again. That is the most potent way to take herbs, but it's it's not realistic for most people. (laughs) It's just like you know, if you if I was really really sick and I needed something, you know, like really, I would do it that way if I could because the flavors, everything, it's just so potent that way. But more in our culture now, what we do is we kind of have a um, um, kind of a granularization process. Well, it's kind of traditionally boiled, and we kind of make granules and then tablets out of, just so the ease of taking it. It's easy. Right. Again, you open, ah, take three pills three times a day. Bam, you kind of do it, or you take a couple of scoops. So that's the one thing that I think we've shifted, but that's okay because that just allows people to use.
1: Well, hundred percent, they're not going to work if you don't take them. And I think the taste barrier like i have seen not recently but years ago i saw um someone i don't remember their name i think you actually referred me to them years and years ago and he gave me herbs to take and i i was so taste averse to them that i didn't take them And I think it can be a really big barrier for people. So I think finding a different route uh, just increases the accessibility and
0: (laughs) compliance.
1: Absolutely, right. (laughs) And I think that
0: that makes. And it's okay, I think, to adapt. Yeah. Well, this is just my point of view too. I think it's okay to kind of adapt for, you know, how our culture is growing. And yes, there's more potency than kind of more pure things. And I can understand, you know, there's, you know, there's certain purists out there that are like, no, we must boil our own herbs. And that works for them, right? And people that would do that would get a benefit, but it's not a necessity to get a benefit. Yeah, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot swirling around in my brain, but I don't know how to make it come (laughs) out my mouth.
0: (laughs) Don't know some herbs for that or an acupuncture point for that. but so yeah there we have it so that is the eight limbs of chinese medicine so we had again had from last week yeah. we had meditation exercise diet and feng shui basically how things are placed today we did astrology cosmology basically the rhythms mm-hmm. of outside affecting us personally um, we have body work, which is any sort of outside intervention to kind of help with the flow of kind of information physical or otherwise within our body. all different types of practitioners that we <laughs> usually think of as practitioners. And then there's acupuncture that's looking at an electromagnetic kind of framework generally with respect to your body. and then the herbs, which are using kind of those potent aspects of nature for both kind of big course corrections, like if there is an intense virus or something happening. But also to maintain kind of a rhythm of what's happening as well. Um, One last thing I wanted to add about the herbs, just as I'm saying this, is herbs are often used too, because it is if you, if say someone's coming to me for acupuncture and they give them herbs, then they're getting a little kind of mini treatment every day when they're taking the herbs. Whereas I might only see them once. Like once a week or once every couple of weeks for the acupuncture, there's kind of a continual thing. So often the herbs and the acupuncture goals are aligned and they're just kind of approaching different densities, mm-hmm. but they're, mm-hmm. they help one another with respect to that. So those are the eight limbs of Chinese medicine. And again, we'll put them in the show notes and kind of have links to different things, but it's it a sure is darn good framework, a really good blueprint for health. And because it really covers a lot of things, and again, I think you—it's okay to kind of mold them a little uh-huh. bit to what makes sense for you. You know, like again, feng shui and astrology uh-huh. can mean whatever you want them to make for you, but um, as long as the idea is right. that you are recognizing rhythms, right? Rhythms in your physical space for feng shui, recognizing recognizing rhythms in the bigger nature in terms of our solar system and our universe for yeah the astrology cosmology aspects and that has effects on seasons yeah moods everything yeah
1: there we go no i have just i've really enjoyed learning more about this and uh it's given me a, a bit of a different perspective on uh you know coming coming into my life balance shall we say like you know, I I uh it's funny because I'm well, not just me. You and I, because we are Gemini twins and only a literally a week apart in our birthdays, but we are both coming up to the big five oh. I just outed you whether you care or not, but <laughs> we are both coming up to a, a big birthday and I have found that at this stage of my life and with both of my parents passing in the last couple of years I think the combination of those two elements I've been increasingly aware of my own mortality and how the thing the choices that I make play into that I mean some of it's just simply beyond our control but there are some things that we can do to put ourselves in a a better track or a worse track, you know, with regards to our own mortality. And I think everything that we went through here kind of gives you a nice roadmap to how to be on the on the track where you're you're giving yourself the better chance to to live a longer, healthier life.
0: Yeah. I like that. It's setting yourself up for success. And one way you can do it to make it kind of less stale or conceptualized um, is if you wanted to hypothetically write each one of those eight, like, in you know, a separate piece of paper, like meditation, exercise, diet. Actually, I'm having an idea. I'm going to make to make these little Ooh. cards or something, but just randomly pull one and be like, OK, t- today, what's relevant ah. for me to pay attention to and to see what one yeah. of the eight kind of you pick? right so it's just like a diet okay probably if you get diet you're like damn like like that's okay but it could be any one of them and honor that for that day (laughs) yeah you're right and it could be so and if you get like acupuncture or something it's like okay well kind of you just keep your eyes peeled it can be any practitioner or anything it doesn't have to be acupuncture it could be right but anything in terms of okay maybe my body wants a little bit of outside intervention here so that's a different way of kind of using that blueprint and keeping it fresh. Um, cause then we can, you know, it sounds cool in theory right now. Cause we're talking yeah. about it, but then you get day to day and you're like, Oh, it's too yeah. much, you know, like, you can't do it. So if you kind of make it a little bit more fun for the little kid and us and just kind of randomly pick one. Yeah. You got to make
1: helpful. yourself kind of like angel cards, but eight branches cards where you just pick one for the day. I like that.
0: Um, okay, everyone. Well, thank you. Um, I hope you guys got some stuff out of this and we'll have lots of show notes and yeah, thank you for thanks, joining guys. us we'll, see, and you we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for joining our conversation
0: today. You can head over to thisbiglifepodcast.com for all
1: the show notes and information. If you loved what you heard here today, would you do us a favor and rate and review the show? It helps more people just like you discover these juicy conversations.
0: And if you know someone you think would love this particular
1: episode, you can even go ahead and share it with them right now. And if you have a topic you would love to hear us discuss, or someone you think would make a great guest for our show, you can submit your ideas using the link in the show notes.
0: And you can always find us on Instagram,
1: at thisbiglifepodcast. Thanks again. We'll be right back here in your ears next Tuesday. See you then.